Ciao ragazzi and benvenuti to a brand new enterprise fresh from the far from Vesuvius Network. This is the inaugural episode of From N to I. Yes, everybody. From N to I. This is the first episode you are. You have history in your ears now. Oh my goodness. What's the sound? That is the sound of Kirsten Schluitz. Did I say your name right or wrong? Half right. Kirsten Schleiwitz. There we go. We'll get there by the end of the series. So, as we all know, Kirsten has just written a book, haven't you? What's your book? It is called More Than Maradona, The Rise, Fall and Resurrection of Napoli Football Club. So, So uh, and it's to the publisher right now. There's not a date set yet for release but I am sure that I will let everyone know when that date is finalized. So what you're saying is that you are a font of Napoli knowledge. Well, you are, you know, you've, you've written, you've literally written the book. So why don't we have a kind of podcast series where we do, I don't know, like short 15 minute episodes that go through different points of Napoli history. What do you think about that as an idea? I think that's, an excellent idea we just thought of that right now just like that thank god we were all in the same room to uh to capture it so okay that's the idea everybody so we we're going to be releasing these we think every week just a short blast of history a a literal blast from the past oh my days i'm on fire today um what are we going to start with then well we thought that in the spirit of more than Maradona, we would start with Karaka. That's right, the man kind of behind Maradona, in a way, you could say. Mm, I like this theory. So there are going to be some hot takes thrown around um, on this episode. I can just sense it. So Karaka, and this is timely because Karaka signed for Napoli in 1987, which, to my great horror, as someone born in 1983, is what was that 35 years ago this season Mom. 35 years ago and he left 40 years ago i mean 30 years ago i can do math that's fine it's good but that's good we have this ingrained knowledge it's just gonna there's all this stuff you've been writing a book for how long have you been writing this book for i'm pretty sure a decade <laughs> it's gonna be... it did, it did, i think it did take three years though it, it was intense yeah so there's going to be all these like nuggets that just kind of fall out of your brain, I'm sure, such as that. So, um, Kareka, everybody, there'll be some people listening to this show who um, would have seen Kareka play live. And there'll be some people that have seen highlights of Kareka play. Um, and there'll be some people who have seen people like you and me tweet about Kareka and have absolutely no idea about him. So, can I ask you a question about Kareka to begin with? Like, how would you, like, in a nutshell, describe his significance to uh, SSC Napoli? Starting off with the easy questions, huh? Yeah, come on. <laughs> I would say that he is kind of um, the one who who is... Oh, geez, you've really tried to force me to articulate this in a way that I haven't thought about. He's kind of 
the player who is almost as good as Maradona, but doesn't take the spotlight in the same way. Like if Maradona wasn't there at the same time, and then we'll get into this later, I'm sure if Zola wasn't there next to him afterwards, he would be the shining star that everyone talks about. But because, you know, when they won the two Scudetti, Maradona was there, he doesn't get as much attention, but he's absolutely worth talking about because I honestly believe if he weren't there, they wouldn't have won those two titles. They, without his support, without the magic that happened between him and Maradona, Napoli wouldn't even be able to celebrate those two that we cling to so hard right now. Yeah, I mean, we would definitely. I put, I think that's great. That's really, really well put. Can't wait to read all about him in your book. Um, yeah, Napoli would have one Scudetto without Kareka. I think that that is not a hot take. Like, it is absolutely not a hot take. There's no way we get Scudetto 2 without Kareka. And I think as a strike partnership, him and Maradona, definitely top five in the history of Serie A. Did I, I say will... two Okay, the, the the good doctor has one hour of sleep, but I tried to put him for two scudetti. Well, no, I think it's a good point. I think we would. I think we would only have one, and I think that, there we the, go. that that's there's a what I was trying to say. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that Kareka's um, arrival. I mean, it's weird, isn't it? Because also there's there's Moji involved in some of this stuff as well as kind of building teams. Although I think maybe Moji arrived. Maybe the I can't remember now, but you know, a lot. Of... I don't. I don't think he's the one responsible for bringing Karaka. No, he was more involved in building something. But I think that I think there's so many things that second Scud Scudetto in particular um, was a sign of the club being well run, about the club signing good players, about the club making intelligent decisions about things. Oh, that doesn't sound 100% familiar. Anyway, so. Kareka, a little bit of context. So Brazilian footballer, a genuine global star, right? Like, but when we signed him in 87, the year before he'd been at the World Cup in 1986, he'd got the runner up to the golden boot. But I think more significantly with for Brazil were the games that he didn't play. So 1982, the great Brazilian team that didn't win the World Cup, Kareka was injured for that match and he just started to perform really, really well for Brazil. And um, a lot of people think that if Kareka plays in that team, Brazil win the World Cup, Italy don't. Oh, that's weird to think about, isn't it? Um, have you I'm got sure anything... some of our listeners would disagree with that, but I, I absolutely... I, I mean, he was very young at that point that was uh, 22 years old in yeah. 82 if yeah. that it, it maybe uh 21 years old i don't do well with years um but yeah he was already a fixture in that brazil team that early on and yeah i we can see what happened to the team in 1986 with him there he scores five goals and you can also make a point that they were kicked out against France because the France one-one draw goes to penalties. Who's not picked for a penalty? Gareca. What happened? He was he was great at scoring penalties actually. When when Maradona didn't take them for for Napoli and um, 
Cracker stood up. They were fantastic. Yeah. So and Brazil are knocked out. Yeah. So I think absolutely. And so he he arrives in Napoli, 1987. And then what's the big thing that happens in that first season, Kirsten? So like, um, there's a very famous strike partnership, right? Is there anything you would like to tell us about this? This I'm sure this is in your book somewhere. Are, are we talking about Magica? Absolutely. So give us give us a bit of give us a bit of Magica, maybe with a little bit of like what what Kareka brought to the table. Well, okay, so Magica, obviously Maradona, Kareka, but in between we got the syllable of Bruno Giordano, and please ignore my accents and my pronunciations because I'm awful at them. I think that was, um, I think that was fine. So, so um, he comes in and immediately brings a bit of new life into that tri-partner setup. Um, obviously, he's a speedy little demon, demon, and he um, gets into space really well. Hmm. And so he's able to work with these two to help with the distraction of the defense and, you know, also kind of when Maradona is being smothered by the defenders and even when Giordano is because you know the Italian players already know him a bit more he's kind of that unknown factor because you know not everybody's watching YouTube clips in those days so they they kind of aren't as aware he's able to spring things forward move forward into space and get on the end and continue the passing in between that trio so that you know, balls in the net. But yeah, I think you have a theory about the fact that this actually isn't the most magical. Uh, well, yes, I do. And it's a, it's a little bit of a hot take, but I think um, just to pick up on what you just said, I think it really reinforces this idea, you know, 1987 Napoli are the, are the league champions. The, the amount of focus on, on Maradona, you know, from other teams is is crazy and then they signed this world-class star and and that's really clever so you you have to and i think you can argue that Kareka was the only other sort of world-class player in that maradona era there's some fantastic players in that team but Kareka and maradona shine brightly personally i think the best partnership actually happened the year after which was i think Kareka's best year um carnavale maradona and now the problem i think is that you've got uh the rather scatological uh abbreviation uh so what you call like makaka that's something <laughs> no. we don't we don't want to think about so maybe that's why it doesn't quite get the plaudits and there are and please do look up the highlights there are some i mean there's some beautiful goals that that magic have put together as well but particularly that carnavale um Kareka maradona trio up front in that um uefa cup winning season oh is, my god magnificent it's troll worthy yeah. it's it's just astonishing and if you just you can just look up you know the wikipedia article on it and get the dry bones of it and i can tell you the dry bones of it here which is that maradona and caraca shared the goals especially at the end you know they were scoring both of them in the um 
the semis against Bayern. Karaka mm. got two goals off of passes from uh, Maradona, and then he scores his own beautiful goal off of a counter in the second leg, and this is back when the finals were also two-legged, so they've also both scored at home at the San Paolo against Stuttgart to put him up 2-1, and it was the same sort of thing, you know, running behind, distracting the defenders. Nobody knows who they should be paying attention to, but their tendency is to focus on Maradona until they wise up a little bit, and that's why they're both uh, sharing the goals, and you can even see that in the season numbers, which Caraca scored 18 to Maradona's 21 in the league. Mm. Um, but without him, we also wouldn't have that UEFA Cup because oh, yeah. Caraca's the one who scored the what was ultimately the game-winning goal in Germany. It was a 3-3 draw. He's the last one for to score for Napoli and made sure that in the end it was what? I can do math again, 5-4 to Napoli to lift that cup. And I don't know, do you have any descriptions to make that fly a little more? Or do you just think, go watch YouTube? I think it's just worth, um, it's just worth heading to YouTube. Because I think particularly that um, the crucial goal was that second goal in the first leg. Uh, Napoli end up winning it 2-1. And I think if you listen to, Hey Rafa, hope you're enjoying the show. Rafa and I is at Maradona Chronicles. Um, about that so that game, Napoli are really on the ropes for the first hour, and it's actually Alessandro Renica, the central defender, that really carries the team. And then Maradona wakes up, and just the combinations between him and Correcca are absolutely beautiful. And that that last goal in the 87 minute really shows that kind of telepathic understanding. Ditto in the second leg you really see what, what Kareka brings us. Also that season, he scores this incredible goal against Inter, which is like 35 yards out. One of the most sort of thunder bastard goals you'll ever see. And I think that, you know, some people don't like comparing players to modern day players, but he reminds me so much of Cavani, so much of Cavani because he's this, complete player thunderous shot really good in the air as you've been saying his movement was so clever his finishing was so fantastic um and he scored so many goals where he was sort of drifting right and then he'd bang right. it in on his right yeah. foot into the bottom left hand corner or into the, into the top left hand corner that's sort of going across on that angle and so when i close my eyes and think of a correct that that's just what i see and i think that helps this kind of iconic thing that there was these very specific kind of goals that he would score um how about when maradona left Kareka hung around didn't he for a bit he did he had what what would you say like a year and a half right because Maradona left in March of uh 91 yeah. and so then we get the Zola Kareka pairing which didn't quite work as well I think mostly because they weren't prepared for Maradona leaving they finished eighth that season but then it kind of started to gel a little bit more. Um, but the team was definitely constructed around Maradona's successor, you know, his anointed one, which was Zola, who was not Careca, who had already made yeah. his own name. You know, he brought up Zola in his image and the team formed around him. So, yeah. but at the same time, you say that 
you say, oh, here's this disciple of Maradona. Maradona leaves. Zola steps up, but it's Careca that has 15 goals. And that season they finished fourth, even without their superhero. Huge, huge season that, you know, and the whole club is falling apart. And 15 goals, 33 games, 17 overall for the season. That is in probably the best incarnation of the league, that, that era. There's, a, you know, Maldini, Baresi, all these incredible defenders. Um, so, yeah, underrated important thing also is that he got Maradona, he used to make a mixtapes of a particular kind of Brazilian music that he got Maradona into. And so the famous warm-up in the semi-final against Bayern with the the, the music playing and Maradona doing the, the keepy up is. Yeah. He's doing that with Careca as well. And I always think Careca deserves a bit more credit for that. And they actually did it in a couple of the fixtures um, in, in the Euro- European run. So that sort of, I think he kind of enabled in a quite a positive way that sort of... Um, I don't know what's the word, sort of flair play, the idea that the way that we warm up is to get engaged with the the joy of football. And I think that there was a lot of finding that kind of spirit together. They really were kind of footballing soulmates in in that, in that sense, I think. They were, and they were both, as you said, joy. They both just loved the game in a way that you can't obviously see in a lot of players now, even a lot of players then they were Mm. thrilled to be, in Napoli on that football pitch ready to go and have fun and they they were confident some would say arrogant and for some people (laughs) Um, but they knew what they could go out there and do and they they knew that they could do it together and there's a lot that's spoken poorly about Maradona but he knew what Karaka was he when he let Zola wear his precious number 10 while Maradona was still at the club, he said, I want to be able to wear the number nine so I can pay tribute to Kataka. I guess Kataka was sitting out that game. But I think that it not only speaks to him lifting up Zola, but also to him recognizing that the team wouldn't be what it was if it was just Maradona on his own. He needed his Kataka there with him. That's beautiful. I think that's a nice way to kind of wrap wrap things up. So I think that, you know, we've never lived in a, in a better time to to watch stuff from the old days. That I know for a fact there's, I think, two or three different goal compilations of Kareka on YouTube. Na- Napoli Tube have, have one. Just spend, get a, get a coffee or a glass of wine and, or both even, and just watch those goals. And what you will see is a complete number nine. Goals, finishes, spectacular goals, headers, incredible combinations with Maradona there's a statue of Maradona in Naples I think for me bit of a hot take there should be one of Carreca as well because all that kind of second half success of that era the UEFA Cup the second Scudetto and the Supercopa which we will be talking about perhaps uh, on another episode is down to that Brazilian man any last word on our our Brazilian hero uh, just this in that it's he gets his name from the Brazilian clown Caraquinha due to his distinctive floppy curly brown head of hair. 
So use that at your next football trivia night. Beautiful. That's great. Pub quiz authors around the globe will thank you for that. Thank you so much. Um, how can we find you on Twitter? KD Schlewitz on Twitter. Lovely. I'm at Henry Balcalcio, and this podcast, which is called From N to I, From N to I, is part of the Far From Vesuvius Network at Far From Vesuvius. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back in about a week with another little blast of Napoli history from the past. Thank you so much for listening. Give us some love and some thoughts on the Twitter, and you'll be hearing from us soon. Forza Napoli. Temporary!